Grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll turn our attention to our gospel lesson as Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Throughout the Bible, God often uses the picture of a, a vineyard, of a vine, of branches, of fruit, of a tree near water, like we heard in the psalm, to illustrate his connection with us, his work in us, and his work through us. Whether it's a little garden or a huge farm, anybody that's worked with plants knows it takes a lot of work. And we also know that it gives a lot of satisfaction if the things that you plant produce a great bumper crop. As we look at the words of Jesus today and consider what he means by this illustration of the vine and the branches, we want to look at what the vine does, what the vine dresser does, and what the branch does. As we look at these things, we'll be humbled, we'll be empowered, we'll be motivated to give all the thanks and praise to God for connecting us to the vine, to Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples that he is the vine. They, us, we are the branches. Reminds us that he wants us to picture in our minds uh, seeing a, a grapevine, a grape arbor, or grapevines on a trellis. The ones I always picture in my mind when I hear these words is the one that my grandpa had. He had one along the whole side of his garage. And it was always amazing to me that there's branches going all over and fruit and grapes hanging down and there's just one little plant, right? One little vine producing all of those branches and all of that fruit. Kind of amazing when you think about it. The first thing that a vine does is produce branches. Branches don't produce themselves. The vine is the one that has to produce the branches. So as we look at it scripturally, if we think of the original vine, we can think of God's promise to Adam and Eve, God's promise to Abraham that there's going to be a, a vine who's going to produce branches going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the Savior of the world. He's going to be a descendant of Abraham. So the Jewish people are often pictured as the natural branches on the vine. Then Paul says, what about us? What about the Romans that he's writing to? What about people who aren't physical descendants of Abraham? He says those are believers who have been grafted into the vine. So whether you're a natural branch or you've been grafted into the vine, the words of Jesus still hold true. You did not choose me, I chose you. The vine produces the branch. The branch doesn't produce itself. The branch that's grafted in didn't graft itself in. It took someone with some special knowledge and skill to make sure it was grafted just properly in there so that it would grow and produce fruit picture's clear. If we're a branch on the vine, it wasn't by anything we did. It's only what God did for us and in us and through us. It's his doing. 
Once the vine produces branches, it's not done with its work. It still needs to supply all of the nutrients that are needed by the branch so it continues to grow and then ultimately can produce fruit. As a grapevine continues to produce branches that spread out all over the arbor, uh, someone has to help them, kind of guide them, make sure that they're growing in the proper place, make sure they're spreading out, make sure they're properly supported so that when the grapes grow and they get heavy, the branches don't break off. Kind of interesting to, to think about that picture. Imagine a plant that's always able to provide everything the branch needs. Sometimes when you have those grape arbors, you might find that some of the branches aren't very well nourished. Some of them aren't much able to produce fruit. That vine isn't strong enough to give it everything it needs to every branch. That's never the case with Jesus, is it? He says, I am the true vine. He says, I am. A hint at the fact that he's the one and only almighty God. No matter what conditions the vine finds itself in, whether too wet or too hot, too cold or too dry, if Jesus is the vine supplying the nutrients for the branches, it's always just right, just exactly what that branch needs. And we can't imagine a plant like that in our world that always is producing exactly what the branch needs no matter what the conditions in life, but what a comfort it is to think of the fact that our vine, the one we're connected to, Jesus, is able to do that. No matter what our situation in life, he's always there, always providing just exactly what we need to continue to grow and to produce the fruit that he's looking for. Even if you get to live a hundred years, you're never going to be in a situation in life that you consider just the right conditions, right? No matter how long you live. And if you're looking for that time in your life when everything is just right, when all the conditions are just right, you're going to get very frustrated and depressed. But again, even when the conditions aren't right, and they're not going to be because we were sinful people living in a sinful world. What a comfort it is to know that we're attached to that vine who is constantly providing everything that we need in just the right amounts at just the right time. He's the true vine, the one and only true God. No matter what our circumstance in life, sick or healthy, rich or poor, whatever the situation might be, he provides it perfect nourishment through his word and sacrament. That's how he provides us with nourishment. By sending us the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts so that we're his temple to guide us so that our prayers are in line with his will. And he can promise, I'm going to give you what you ask because you're praying in accordance with my will. The vine has the job of producing branches and then nourishing those branches. Jesus is the true vine, the perfect vine, who always gives us exactly what we need through his word and his sacrament. But there's something else in the illustration, the picture in John chapter 15, 
It's not just Jesus the vine, there's the gardener. What is it the gardener does? Jesus says, My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. That's part of the illustration. Maybe it's not our favorite, right? Think about pruning. It's a picture of discipline, the loving discipline of our loving Heavenly Father. By saying this, Jesus is making it clear that there, there are going to be some branches in the vine who aren't producing fruit. They're connected to the vine, so they're Christians, at least were at one time. But for whatever reason, they may have shut themselves off from the nourishment that they need to continue to grow and to produce fruit. The fact that they're unfruitful is evidence of what God already knows. They've disconnected themselves from the vine. They shut themselves off from the perfect nourishment that Jesus wants them to have. If you stick with the illustration, we all know what happens if a branch gets disconnected from the vine. It becomes, first of all, subject to disease or insects. And then if it's totally disconnected, it just withers and dies. And what happens to a branch that withers and dies? It gets cut off. It gets thrown into the fire. We hate to think that that's a possibility, but Jesus makes it clear that it is that someone who was attached to the vine, who was a Christian, has fallen away, given up on their faith. Someone who was a Christian at one time could end up still in the fires of hell. But that's what Jesus is picturing. So Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, take heed that you don't fall. The work of the wine dresser isn't just to cut off the withering and dead branches. Jesus says the work of the wine, dress, vine dresser is also to keep those branches healthy, to, to cut off any sucker branches or anything that is keeping that branch from growing and producing fruit. It's a lot of work. It's there to guide us in our growth, to make sure that we're supported when the fruit comes. If we think of ourselves being that branch that's being pruned, we might say, ouch. Doesn't feel good. Right? But it is loving discipline. Let's spin of the loving father and he says those whom he loves he does discipline. He may provide that discipline in many different ways through circumstances in our lives, through an illness or a disease or persecution or other things that might happen in our lives, but probably most often we would say he provides that loving discipline through those who he has placed in that position of authority to do that. Parents and teachers and pastors and elders and faithful Christian friends. Those he sends to us to, to use his word, to point out a sin, to point out a weakness so that it's exposed that it can be dealt with. Loving takes his pruning knife of the law so that he can then bind us up with the healing salve of the gospel. Vine produces 
and nourishes the branches. The vine dresser cuts off the dead branches and prunes the fruitful branches so that they'll be more fruitful. But what does the branch do? Jesus says the branch remains. If it's going to avoid being cut off, to wither and die and be thrown in the fire, it has to stay connected to the vine, continue to receive the nourishment that the vine provides. How does it do that? How do we do that? Jesus says very clearly, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Remain attached to the vine and continue to receive the nourishing support of the vine as we're connected to the word and the sacrament. Sometimes we're tempted to take that vine and we're tempted to take the nourishment that he provides for granted. We might be tempted to think we already know everything that we need to know. We don't need to continue to be in the Word and to study the Word. We might be tempted to listen to the world that says, well, that stuff is just myths and fables and foolishness and not very important. There are lots of other things in the world that are not more important than being connected to Jesus and to His Word. We're tempted to look for answers to the things that are going on in the world and to life's problems in all different philosophies and all the different how-to books that you can find in the bookstore rather than going to the book, the one that God has inspired for us, the one in which he gives us all the correct answers and all the truth. We're tempted to get to the point where we think that we have heard these truths over and over and over again and we don't need to hear them anymore. If we give in to those temptations, we begin to neglect the word and sacrament. We're in danger of withering. We're in danger of being unfruitful. We're in danger of being disconnected from the vine. It's remaining in Jesus and his word that we receive the nourishment that we need. I usually think of my father in that connection. When he was 26, he got polio, ended up living in a wheelchair for 47 years after that. He would always tell us that while he was in the iron lung, didn't have respirators in those days, maybe you've seen an old picture of that iron lung, uh, he was in there for quite a while, not knowing whether he's going to live or not, not knowing what's going to happen if he did live. So the thing that sustained him, that nourished him during that time were the Bible passages, the ones that he had to memorize for his teacher in school and his Sunday school teacher, and the hymns that he would try and sing. I don't know how you do that in an iron lung, but uh, he did. <laughs> but those were the things that sustained him. And people would wonder how could someone with uh, severe handicaps like he had um, run and win a seat on the school board, uh, run his own bookkeeping and tax business, uh, have generally a positive attitude. Well, we knew it's because he was connected to the vine, right? Whenever he could, he would sit at his desk first thing in the morning and be in the Word, reading and studying the Word. 
Lots of people saw the fruit, whether they knew where the fruit came from or not, it was evident. A branch remains in the vine, and when it does, it carries out the purpose for which God intended it. So if you have a grapevine and grape branches, it produces grapes. If you're a branch in the Jesus vine, he expects you to produce the fruit of good works. Uh, Fruits described in different ways in the Bible. Maybe the most familiar passage, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The grapevine produces branches that produce grapes. A Jesus vine produces branches that, well, they're Christ-like, right? They produce the fruit Jesus did while he was on earth. They, they love as Jesus loves. They forgive as Jesus forgives. Just as a branch can't say, hey, vine, I don't need you. I'll produce fruit on my own. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. As we remain connected to the vine of Jesus, the word He works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. That means we don't take any credit for anything that we do. Any of the good works, any of the fruit that we produce, it was really only produced because we're connected to the vine, produced because he's providing all of the strength and the nourishment for it to be produced. He gets all the glory. Just as Jesus said, when they see your good works, they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. Remain connected to the vine, to the true vine, Jesus. Remain in him and in his word. As you do, he will nourish you, he will support you, he will enable you to produce the fruit that he's looking for, all to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Please stand.